I'm not sure because I don't, but I think I'm a little bit lactose, not intolerant, but certainly I've gotten more so as I've gotten older. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that, but like I know I had a bunch of cheese last night. I had this amazing Mexican dish in uh, Playa del Carmen. And basically it's like a, a, a imagine a fondue plate, a fondue um, cup filled with cheese and chorizo sausage. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And you just make little tacos out of it. And But as soon as I, I got, like all last night, I couldn't stop uh, passing wind. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I had a problem like that last night, too, with some very strong broccoli. So strong, Delise wouldn't eat it. But I ate it. And then almost immediately, I became sort of gassy. Wait a minute. And uncomfortable. You, what do you mean strong broccoli? Yeah, what does that mean, strong broccoli? Well, you know, sometimes you eat broccoli and it has a strong stronger taste to it than another broccoli i've never noticed that i mean no. broccoli no, I, intensity well i ha- it's funny you say that because i had some oh, left very o- funny <laughs> it's, you know what let me let me rephrase that hilarious that you say that because i had some broccoli uh, leftover broccoli for lunch yesterday so i would have had a one two punch between and by the way when i say i was I'm, i don't think like i don't get stomach aches when i eat cheese but i noticed that like i was gassy all night i've been gassy this morning yeah it's a fun gas that broccoli though yeah. because they're loud long rippers so you know it gets boring for delise but <laughs> oh no i'm sure it doesn't it's fun i'm sure them go. But, um, and you're right. I, I have been letting go extreme like like Guinness record length rippers all yeah. night long. And they feel great. Oh, they do. Nice and dry and airy and and not much odor. No, no. Another thing. Another thing, Howard. Another thing. Um, but lactose intolerance. Yes, I've always been somewhat lactose intolerant. Uh, am in my I like. I can't drink a glass of milk or my stomach will gurgle. Ice cream, I like it, but I resist most times because after I eat it, it's just I don't feel right. Uh, so I know of what, uh, of, of what you speak. What about the cheeses, though? Um, again, I... Yeah, you know, if I eat too much, yeah. It can just sort of make me feel... So I, I think we should just add lactose to the other list of things that you and I are intolerant of. <laughs> you know, we're just intolerant I, of so I, many things. I was just reading here. Starbucks is going to uh, introduce a coffee called the Oleato. I think you would pronounce it that way. All right. And it's 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 coffee with a shot of uh, virgin olive oil in it. Mm. And apparently the reason they came up with it, a guy in Italy, apparently, you know, would take a shot of olive oil every morning with his coffee and thought, oh, that combination's good. Apparently put the olive oil in. In Italy, it became popular or whatever. And now it's over here. And I think in the States and a few outlets, they've, um, you know, they've test ran it. And apparently it's popular. Anyway, it's coming here. So you get like a Starbucks coffee with a shot of olive oil in it. And apparently it's quite the laxative too so if you're again sensitive to that type of thing you better watch where you drink this coffee to me i in my mind i can't imagine it being good all i can see is like oil on top of the coffee which 
seems like a bit of a turnoff to me, but I'm not surprised. I mean, it, it's you know, I, I know that uh, there's this thing, and I'm not sure if it's MCT oil or CMT oil or. One of those is country music television. Another one, I think it's MCT. MC Hammer. MC Hammer oil. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I promise. You, well, but I, I know there are people listening that have heard because there's a there's a, a trend in sort of the wellness world to p- putting oils or this MCT oil, adding it to coffee and making it a super coffee, and it, it becomes more of a a, a, a health drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not surprised by that, but I did have a, a Starbucks story as well. I, I had it left over from last week that Starbucks, mm-hmm. Dan, uh, is now going to let customers use their own cups for drive through and app orders. Previously, was limited to in-store, like you could take your cup into a, par- a Starbucks. I'm not sure if you ever do this, Dan, but, but I do that. Sometimes I, I do that because I care about the environment where I'll yeah. have my Go Cup with me. And, uh, and and ask and, and up until now they they didn't allow it but apparently they're going to. Well, the details of that is uh, like because of COVID that changed the the uh, both uh, Tim Hortons and Spar- Starbucks stopped doing the uh, the bring your own cup thing during COVID because they were worried of transmission of you know to their employees or whatever, and then they changed it to and I've seen it in the drive through but I may have been an on and off again thing where they put the, the your cup in another cup and then they fill your cup up yes. with that and you had to keep your lid yes. and then you take it out of that cup when they put it on the counter again Jesus so um. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's very complicated. Um, yeah. I could see, too, drive-thrus because, you know, you order a coffee, they can immediately pour it in their cup and have it ready for you. They have to wait till you arrive at the window, take your cup. Wouldn't it slow down the process a bit, don't you think? No, I'm sure yeah. that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I was uh, where I guess I was coming here on Saturday and I, I was walking by all the different places in the airport and. It never ceases to. I'm never surprised by how how many people are lined up at the Tims. I know the Tims, man. Like I don't know. It, it's it's quite something. And I and I've, I'm I'm not a huge fan. People know that, but I will tell you, Tims is not hurting. No. Yeah, you. Um, when I was there going over christmas they're going to the dominican republic the the tim's line was ridiculous there was no use even getting in it the starbucks was about one third of that mm-hmm. and then there was some little coffee thing nobody was at it and i went over and got one of their coffees and i'm telling you it was better than tim's it was a better tasting coffee well that doesn't take than much. a tim's and there was nobody there no it's just canadians are just so programmed now it's uh it's fascinating like, people will line up for half an hour to get a Tim's. Well, I know. Even, without even testing. What a great opportunity to at least try another coffee, right? And while we're talking about fast food or coffee, we're not talking about fast food, but this is a fast food-related story, which is, and I've never been a big fan of it, but they've made a big announcement that um, McDonald's is bringing back the McRib, which, uh, you know... I, it's a, after a 10-year, here's the story, after a 10-year hiatus, the famous McRib will return to McDonald's, McDonald's, <laughs> will return to McDonald's menus across Canada this week. It, uh, Isn't that just, just reformed uh, 
yeah hamburger like a reformed hamburger basically no it's Except pork pork maybe no it's well, pork. it's, it's yeah, formed it's weird, into a though. shape right? yeah, it is it's it's, not it's, like, it's yeah it's not actual yeah. ribs no bone or anything. right it's like a, a bone and a pork patty that. yeah it's weird it is. But the story, by the way, is interesting to me that because it, it also included a McRib. It, it has a McRib locator. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, like there's a, they're, not, not they're not all serving it. Uh, yeah, that I guess that's mean? the point yeah. is that uh, yeah. they're not all serving it. So if you're really desperate for a McRib, you can go to this McRib locator. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have it at one store, you can, you know, if they sell out or something, you can find it. Right. How what about you guys? Were you ever a big fan of that? No. No. Yeah, well, don't. you know me. Yeah. I don't know you. What, you. what do you mean I know you? Do you do you hate? Oh, you don't. What is it you hate? Fat people and McRibs. No. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan of the going to the McDonald's. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the, me neither. Not, yeah. But when you were younger, you would go to McDonald's. I've been to a McDonald's with you. Quarter pounders and getting high and eating like a filet of fish. Yeah, that was my go-to. It's a fillet of fish. Not so much the quarter pounder, but not the not the Big Mac. I never was that. But that was uh, when I was young. I mean, when I was like, I don't know, 13, 14 or something is when the first McDonald's came to Edmonton. And it was a big, huge deal. Yeah. Across the Cavalina Freeway to get that one McDonald's. And like, oh, okay. Cool. I always get nervous with these conversations now. And it's a good thing. Because, you know, these big corps now are venturing into the podcast world and look at Bodog and we've got Kelsey's like you don't want to be saying disparaging things because we'd take a McDonald's deal in a second so you kidding you me? know yeah being negative is something that uh, you know my uh, spidey senses oh I love this well, look at this I love it the fact oh yeah because you don't you, I love the fact that you're what? cautioning against negativity <laughs> but uh, when it comes to you know potential sponsors <laughs> yes I appreciate that the sales department hey. appreciates your uh, caution one more note on healthy food. Dolly, my sweet darling doll, three big batches of granola yesterday. Oh. Just as we were running out. Sometimes we run out, and there might be a week or two where we have none. Well, just as we ran out yesterday, the house still smells like it. Is that but ginger? Three big batches of granola yesterday. Mm, you're a lucky, so I'll tell you what, you're a lucky, lucky man on so many levels. Uh, just circling back, though, before we leave the McDonald's thing, and, and this is by, by no way a negative. Like, I, I went there up until some point in my 30s, and then I went back a lot with our kids. I spent a lot of time at that ball pit yeah. with uh, Charlie especially, and then both of them, because it was like a thing you could do, um, not just for the, the food, but to, there was also like this... Like this McDonald's Playland, like they were talking about a brilliant marketing, mm-hmm. uh, bring your kids and then you can hang out there for a couple hours for young parents. It was fantastic. That being said, I haven't had a McDonald's meal in a long time, but I do remember my order was always the same thing. It was always a quarter pounder with cheese, filet of fish and fries. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. I have a system in Georgetown when I take the kids for uh, McDonald's into mcdonald's and then wheel right across the street to osmos where i got my like chicken shawarma or uh you know falafel so it works out good they're right close to each other because i can't honestly i can't do the mcdonald's thing either and i'll tell you the mcrib thing not at all locations that can be very aggravating to go into a mcdonald's and they don't have a particular item 
that others do, so to speak, because they've done this. Some of them don't have filet fish you know, the smaller ones. Mm. And I told you that story a year or so ago, chasing a filet fish Right, she went on a Filet-O-Fish like, oh, It was horrible. So if people are going to be going through that with the McRib, like, honestly... It can affect you psychologically. Well, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> uh, from the sales department, uh, we won't be sending them the clip of you saying, I can't do McDonald's <laughs> when we when we pitch them. Uh, in the no, meantime. The kids love it. Oh, the kids love it. Yeah, the love kids it. love it. Everybody yeah, loves it. In the meantime, yeah. here's uh, voiceover specialist and uh, movie anchor, uh, Daniel J. Durant. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Porto Aventuras, Mexico, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a worldwide sports portal, and from Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Moron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who on this last day of January have reflected on the month, looked inward, and have determined that, yes, they are still grouchy, cynical old guys. It's Humble and Fred. Speaking of Grumpy, Ralph and Murgy is going to join us today, but I have a different, I've thought of a different tack with Ralph today, and I'll reveal that later. Uh, also, Jay Bonney's uh, in uh, Sherpa 2, coming off the bench for the Sherpa 1. And uh, we'll talk a little bit of financial uh, business today. And uh, so many other things here on this program today. But I wanted to start with something that is, you know, uh, you know I like to present you guys a slice of real life. And uh, when I got to this complex I'm at now, which is not where I was before, so there's a bunch of new people here. It's a smaller condominium it's very nice so it's fantastic and i'm easy to get around and so i'm starting to meet some of the older people that live here and the other day i met uh, yesterday i met uh this gentleman who couldn't have been nicer i introduced myself i said i'm staying here at uh, so-and-so's place he goes oh yeah and then i said uh, my, my name's howard and i held up my hand to shake his and he said my name's just listen to the whole sentence he said my name's gail like the wind I said, oh, okay, yeah. Nice to meet you, Gail. And he was a guy probably in his mid-70s, Freddie, Dan. Mm-hmm. Kind of, a, you know, a little younger than Dan, but older than us. <laughs> I just wait, wait for Duran's reaction. You see, Dan, he's in his mid-70s, so a little younger than you, <laughs> in case you weren't paying attention. Yeah, was it? Yeah. I and I thought to myself, just... after I met this gentleman, I thought, you know, first of all, that's an old-timey name. I mean, Howard's an old-timey name. But Howard doesn't take an explanation. And, and I thought, because you don't. Right. And it's obviously it's spelled G-A-L-E. Nice gentleman named Gail. But I thought about it for the rest of the day, as I do tend to with these things. And I thought, you know, that must have been his entire life has been him saying his name, comma, like the wind. Mm-hmm. As though as though we might. I don't know. What, what do you think that is? It's like, you know, you're growing up in the 40s and 50s and 60s having to explain. And by the way, that was a more common name back in old timey times. Yeah. And what's your question? Well, just I, I just imagine his whole life has been. I mean, I, I, I thought about it later. I thought you might at this point, you might as well just change your name to Gale like the wind. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that might as well be your name. 
Because that's because he says it like I guarantee you every time in his life he's met somebody. He what, said, "Yeah, what's the point of him saying that? Do you think as a joke or to explain? Because that we all it's know not Gail like a girl's name." Oh, okay. So that's the point. So did he did he leave that impression that he's a bit of a you know a, like does he say that for fun or or he wants you to know that. It's not a girl's. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think that I think I, that's why I brought it up because I was, right. you know, I had my theories that just basically he's mm-hmm. been. I don't know if the word is by this time. Who knows? Maybe the word's not embarrassed, but it's a right. lifetime of having to explain or be a little bit awkward about your name. It's just, an, you know, it's not like calling somebody. It's not like Chris or the other sort of unisex names, mm-hmm. you know, I, but, but at one time. I think Gail, for a man, right. was a much more common name. Right. No, I get it. Different perspective, too, is um, I think it's really cool when women have men's names like Charlie, Jackie. Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when men have sort of girly names, it's not as cool. I don't even know if it's girly, it, even, but it's definitely more of a female. It, it, well, this is what I mean, or like Leslie. You yes. know what I mean? Guys named Leslie. I mean, I know it gets to be less, but when I hear the name Leslie and a guy, it's like, oh, geez, oh. couldn't your parents, why did they have to go there? You know? But if Howard, I were, and Fred and, Howard, Fred, and Dan, I mean, those are three. Well, I shouldn't say that. Dan. Like, I know women named Dan or Danny. And yeah. Fuck, I love that name for a woman. I, even Danielle can be both Daniel and Danielle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought about this. Uh, I thought, I'll, t- I'll, I'll throw this by the, the guys, because if it were me, I would literally legally change my name to Gail Like the Wind. Gail Like the Wind, Howard. Gail Like the Wind, Glassman. Yeah. Another one is Kim. Guys named Kim. It's like, ah, they shouldn't have done that. This is just me now. But yeah. uh, when I hear those crossovers, the male way, it just doesn't sit nearly the same as it does um, the other way. You could have picked another weather term, like just change it to gust. You could be gust. Yeah. Yeah. Or gust, mm-hmm. just to shorten it to mm-hmm. gust. Yeah. Gust. Yeah. Uh, anyway, not a big deal. I don't want to dwell on it. There's uh, other things we can talk about. Um I had another story. I mean, I'm happy to, if you have a story you'd like to bring up, I have something that I thought you guys might Go ahead. find interesting that, you know, oftentimes I, I start the show and I'll say, hey, I had this weird dream last night that, uh, you know, the three of us were, you know, running a fishing ship and, or, you know, something, something involving, you know, just like ridiculous. But according to this, in, I thought I found it fascinating, this uh, study of what most people dream about. And according to this, uh, this is globally from Europe, Middle East, Asia, Oceania, North America. One of the most common dreams is something that I've never even heard of, but maybe you guys have. The most common dream, including our country, is people dream about their teeth falling out. Really? Never. Me neither. I can, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can say that I don't remember most of my dreams, but none of them would have anything to do with teeth. 
Well, here's what it says. Dream analysis, dream analysts say that tooth loss dreams could indicate a lack of self-confidence or an embarrassment about one's shortcomings, (laughs) which, you know, the thing is we have shortcomings. It's just that, you know, we're not that embarrassed. (laughs) We're not, we tend not to be that embarrassed about them because we talk about them all the time. And certainly, you know, we don't really lack a lot of confidence, but I had never even heard that dream. But according to this, it's like the number one dream in all these countries in the world. Like right off the top, I expected you to say sex, right? Mm-hmm, of course. Most people, which isn't the case in my case. The dreams that I have, I remember, are not being able to get somewhere or not being able to complete a task or something to a a high frustration point. And I think that comes from, you know, anybody that harbors a little bit of anxiety in their life. Maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. But the... The dreams that I remember are that, like, I, I just can't find a place. Or Do you ever have those dreams? All the time. Yeah, I'm doing a task, and I just can't complete it. And it's very, within the dream, it's frustrating. And do you ever <laughs> have a dream, like, within the dream, you're going, is this a dream? No, it's not a dream. It's reality when it a- is actually a dream. Like, that. that's how complex mine can get. Many layers, many layers. Dan, yeah. Dan, do you ever dream about not being able to complete a task? Or is that, like, just a, uh, when you're awake? <laughs> yeah both actually yeah that's true but i i thought when you when you said this i thought it was going to be the, the as a commonality would be a, a dream about falling because you hear about them all you, the time. I, exactly yeah. i would have thought that too that's this is why i i uh bookmarked this story because i thought that's something weird that i've I've never dreamt that. Um, My dreams are very similar to that. I will, you know, I've talked about radio dreams where I can't get in the studio or going on stage and not being prepared. But I seem to have... Same vein, yeah, same vein. I I seem to have my more common one involving you guys. And I've I've said it before where, you know, we'll be somewhere. More recently, it's usually a hotel room or we're renting a place. And for some reason, I can't find our room or I can't get back to the room or... right. Yeah, that type of thing. Do you think do you think dream analysis is actually valid? Do you think there really is like a correlation between what you're dreaming and what your anxieties are or whatever the, you know, people who do this? I, I mean, like it seems such a kind of a cloudy kind of I mean, how do you actually prove that that's what's going on in your brain? It's just sort of like well, Dan, next to horoscopes. Great. Well, no, it's not like horoscopes. The re, the re, these people actually assessed 210 subjects, tracked their dream themes, dental irritation records, psychological distress, and sleep quality. They didn't use yeah. a Ouija board. <laughs> they didn't. They, <laughs> there was some, uh, you know, system, there was some analysis to it. Well, to answer your question, Dan, it's, I think so. I mean, personally, it's correlation. You could, I've had something happen in a day and then dreamed a variation that night many of course. times. You know, what's something that happened consciously um, becomes the sub-theme of a dream. I've, that happens to me all the time. So I, my answer to that would be yes. Hmm. Well, Usually Dan, my dreams see- are so abstract that I just I, I can't really. Oh, I put imagine it next they are. To- I imagine. <laughs> just got to be. I can't even. I would just love to be in there some night, see what's going on in that <laughs> giant yeah. head of yours. 
Uh, I will anyway. tell you that, that w- one of my techniques of going to sleep pre-dream mm-hmm. is that I, I think about or ruminate on if I'm working on a construction project or some project, I, I go through the steps of what needs to be done next and, you know, possible outcomes or, you know, do thought experiments about them. And that, that's, you know, sends me off to the dream world. I bet it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I was going to say, hey, Dan, do you ever wake up with your dick in your mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you dream about that? (laughs) Just like roll over and all of a sudden you're like, oh, come on, not again. That's just so sad and pathetic. (laughs) It makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. I don't give a shit if it makes anyone else. Made me laugh. (laughs) I just wake up and there it is. Just like, did you wake up? Oh, anyway, uh, all right, everybody. All right, all I'm right. Telling you. So I'll let's tell just you spin thing. the wheel of things we do: farts and poo, <laughs> dicks and mouths. Hey, yes. do you? Um, I have this. There's a commercial on right now, and I think it's, I think it's one of those weight reducing commercials or whatever, with a pill or a shot or whatever, and it shows a woman biting a popsicle. Can you bite a popsicle, or can you bite or chew ice? Yes, I can chew ice. It absolutely, yeah. it sends shivers down. I can't look. I saw it last night, and I look, and I have to turn away. And for the next five or ten minutes, I'm thinking about biting the popsicle, which just sends absolute shivers down my spine. Now, that's a weird, quirky thing I've always had. But the thought, I could never bite a popsicle or, like, what a freezer. You, what do you do, lick it to death? I guess, or suck it. <laughs> I guess, suck it. Dan, do you ever dream about no, sucking, sucking a sucking. popsicle? It turns out you're sucking on your dink. <laughs> nope. Can honestly I honestly say no. Plus, I have this other thing where I imagine myself going up to a brick wall and scraping my teeth along a brick wall. Oh, yeah. Wall. Yeah, that's that? fucked up. Well, that's teeth. Okay, so that's teeth related. No, I know. Yeah, I know, but that's not necessarily a dream. I'll look at a brick wall and like, oh, I see. I see. In real life. Yeah, my well. teeth I've never even thought of doing that. That's I know, I know, I know. I've never occurred to me ever. Well, I walk by all kinds of brick walls and never think. I've never thought of doing that. Okay, I didn't, I didn't have a. I don't have a teeth scraping on a brick wall uh, phobia, but for a long time, and I, I used to do this in my little comedy skits. But for a long time, and for reasons I couldn't explain, I used to have this fear of walking around a corner. And somebody would hit me in with a, a two by four, <laughs> like, yeah. like honest, yeah. like for. Yeah. And it, it, this lasted for yeah. a, a, quite enough time for me to notice, like where I would be, like I'd be going around any kind of corner. I'm like, okay, is this the corner where I'm going to be whacked, whacked by a board? With somebody just lurking there, waiting for me. Did you watch a lot of Three Stooges as a kid? I did. Actually, did watch a lot of Three Stooges. Loved it. Maybe that's where that comes from because I, you know, I've had similar things like that. Somebody running a saw across your forehead, like. Mm, like oh. I want to just quickly, in fifteen seconds, let me share quickly the one of the, the, the I. One of my biggest laughs of my life, I was in Los Angeles, and I don't know who was visiting me, but we got really, really, really high on marijuana and went to a Three Stooges film oh. in our 20s, like in oh, our yeah. mid-20s. You know, so I hadn't seen it since a kid, since I was a kid. And honestly, we I had to crawl on the floor out of the place because I was laughing so fucking hard. Oh, I get it. Absolutely. 
I, years and years ago, I took Danny to some movie. I forget what it was on the short. They had a short, and it was the Three Stooges episode, and I embarrassed him. I was laughing so hard. One of the funniest ones to me, you know, when they were upholstering the couch, and then they decided to put tacks in a gun. <laughs> That's right. And then they're shooting each other in the ass, and like, fuck, how do you not laugh at that? <laughs> um, before we get off of uh, you, because you mentioned there was some commercial you saw for uh, weight loss one of yeah. the and, and I, we've talked about this already the glp-1 drugs the ozempic drugs and how they're just like a, a, they're a, and i'm the story i brought up earlier in the week was how it's going to be all over the place this year 2024 yeah. but there's a story that uh, i think keith one of our regular contributors sent us and it was from the new york post and uh, the headline woman suffers life-threatening bowel injury uh, will have diarrhea forever yeah. after using Ozempic. And she's suing the, the, the company that makes it. And apparently that is a, it, it's called gastroparesis, gastroparesis or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll go with paresis. Um, leaves patients with nausea, bloating, and severe abdominal pain. Cause uh, vomiting, weight loss, and malnutrition because they can't stop. Think about that. You lose the weight, but one of the side effects is you have diarrhea forever. Oh. No gracias. Hmm. That's a lot of ring sting. Exactly. It really is. <laughs> I thought of the same thing. That Your hoop mm-hmm. will never be the same. It literally oh. will be irritated oh. forevermore. Yeah. Wow. Is that- I- you know, and they cover their ass with all those, uh, you know, this the disclaimers like on the TV commercials and I guess on the packaging. But you just wonder if that goes to a court of law, what the outcome would be. Because more often than not, the, 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 the victim or the complainant wins those cases, it Dan, seems. Or you just hear about the ones that they win, I guess. Dan, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say almost the same thing. I said, like, was that included in the uh, in in the in brochure disclaimer? Yeah, that the announcer reads really fast at the end of the commercial. But right. uh, I, I'm I would imagine that if it's in there, that you probably they are legally protected in some way. Absolutely, they are. If they didn't know, um, you know, whatever the the side effect was. And they, oh, I think they knew those side effects. It. I mean, I so um, by the way, and not in, in this case particularly, it's not clear whether she was taking it for weight loss or for diabetes. Because remember. Like right. a lot of these things, it was its initial intention was to help with diabetes, mm-hmm. and weight loss was a side effect. But and I mean, it's, I, I can't really think about. I mean, like you know that game people used to play. Would you rather? You know, would you rather have? <laughs> I don't know, diarrhea for life or? Oh, I don't know. I wish I could have had a better. I well, have I nothing. I always look at it this way: Would you rather live the next fifteen years with diabetes? And die, or would you rather live the next twenty five years with constant diarrhea? I think I would take the the diabetes. I think most <laughs> you know people I mean? would choose diabetes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff like that. You know, when they talk about side effects and whatever, it's like you have to balance it. Okay. Would you Would you rather have constant diarrhea or be cross-eyed <laughs> you know i don't know i'd rather be cross-eyed to me that's an easy one 
Why? What's yeah. wrong with? Don't you like cross-eyed people? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I have, I, when I do have diarrhea, I feel like I'm going cross-eyed. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there you go. There's a, have we even started the show? We did start the show. Okay. Yeah, we did start the show. I, yeah, I we're apologize. the stage of the show where you tell me to go away. I'm coming back with uh, whatever with the news. Ben Mergie's coming up. Yeah, I'm coming back with the news and the extra and that little chat time. Ben Mergie's coming up right away, and now you guys are going to talk. Wow. About this. I feel like uh, so I've like it become so predictable, Dan. <laughs> okay. But you are correct. Dan Duran's news will be coming up in the next half hour and then Ralph Ben Mergi in the next few minutes. And we will talk a little bit of sports. Uh, in fact, Freddie might even be talking a little bit of sports right now, everybody. Yeah, uh, let's take a look at the Super Bowl on Sunday. San Francisco 49ers minus two, so a slight favorite. For the win, minus 123 on the 49ers, plus 113 on the Chiefs. So, again, yeah, you got to look at this thing as a toss-up. The over-under on the game is 40, 47 points. Of course, where do I get these numbers? I get them from Bodog. And what do we say about Bodog? Whether you're a sports better. A horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room for their fully loaded casino and racebook. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yes, that is Bodog. Had a good conversation with Mike Kazarian yesterday, one of the uh, owners of Lender's Choice Mortgages, independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance, license 13582. Learned a couple things myself, and uh, maybe you can uh, put some of that conversation to good use. Give Kaz a call. Call Kaz. Get get a hold of Kaz. You might be one of the uh, many millions of Canadians who have mortgages coming due this year. And if that's true, then why not check out a mortgage broker? It would be a first for me. I've never used one, but, you know, I'll tell you what, now's the time to look at it because of interest rates. You know, you may have got your mortgage when it was low, but, you know, from uh, the news, it ain't low no mo. Uh, what they do at Lenders, Cho- Lenders Choice Mortgages is they have access to over 75 lenders. They shop around for you to get the best deal. It's, it's I'll tell you what, it's more important now than it's been for a long time. And, you know, we mentioned yesterday the Fred Men and I talking about how these more these interest rates have been around for 10 or 11 years and they are steadying, but your mortgage is going to be more expensive now should you be renewing like a lot of us this year. 75 lenders is what they do and they, they are alternative lenders, they're private. They're going to find the best solution for all your mortgage financing needs. Give Kaz a call. That's LendersChoice.ca and as I've been saying, if you want to support us, Please uh, you gamble responsibly with uh, Bodog. And if you're looking to uh, do something different with your mortgage, you're not gambling when it comes to Lender's Choice, LendersChoice.ca. So listen, I'm going to preface this next part by saying, I know you're not really, you don't really hate, you don't really hate Taylor Swift. I understand. Okay. No. So I know that. I, would, I have no basis. To. I, okay. I know that. But what I'm about to play for you, so I'm going to play something for you, and I'll just say that it doesn't apply to you, but it is pretty funny. Okay. Um, 
for a lot of reasons. And, and again, this isn't your beef. And, and I, I'm mostly just kidding with you when I say, you know, every time Taylor Swift comes on, you get excited. But <laughs> there's two parts to this, two prongs to this story. One is the ridiculousness of the outrage over, you know, whatever, your mock outrage over Taylor Swift being seen on NFL games. And we've already talked about the net benefit to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But there's also that other prong, that weird right wing prong, where they're worried that if she comes out and endorses Biden, in fact, there's, I don't know if you've seen that weird other weird thing where Donald Trump is tweeting how he thinks he's more popular than Taylor Swift. Have you seen that? No, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. But I wanted to play you one of my favorite sort of sports guys. I haven't heard him for a while, but I used to listen to him a lot. Is a guy named Colin Coward. Okay. Um, you've heard of him. Mm, yes. And uh, here's a little clip from the beginning of Colin's show. There's a lot of really weird, lonely, insecure men out there. Um, the fact that a pop star, the world's biggest pop star, is dating a star tight end who had one of his greatest games ever, and a network puts them on the air briefly, that it bothers you, what does that say about your life? <laughs> Judge people sometimes on the silly stuff that bothers them. It'll tell you a lot about them. When I hear this whole thing about Taylor Swift, I just want to watch football. Liar. You're lying. That's not true. A football. Anyway, so I, I just thought the, the beginning of that rant, I thought you'd find that funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, so that, that, that's, that part of it aside, like, you know, the cuteness of the little romance, whatever. Right. But it's this right wing uprising, the, the conspiracy. I just find that hilarious yeah i what do you mean right wing though well have a listen to this okay the other story is this is from uh, fox news this is a guy named uh, brian kilmeade and he's saying creep yes holy he said he's saying it would be the single dumbest thing a mega superstar can do why would you tell half the country you don't agree with him in this highly polarized time i guess he didn't say the same thing when fucking kid rock you know blew up a a, a bud light can anyway right no no of course not they don't seem to remember that anyway have a listen to brian talking about uh, what a bad idea this is for pop star taylor swift but then the other story yeah. is how taylor swift their special strategy is to get young people to vote is to have the her support him now he she evidently tweeted out support for him and i saw the full screen this morning i don't remember that 2018 mm. she went for the candidate uh, phil bredson against marcia blackburn uh marcia blackburn yeah. felt that she does have power but it would be the single dumbest thing a mega superstar could ever do. Why would you tell half the country that you don't agree with them in this highly polarized time? You stay out of it. Hey, listen, I'm Taylor Swift. I like this guy. He happens to play football for a living. I'm on the stage. Yeah, anyway, yeah, again, they're so hypo- there's the hypocrisy well. is... Mm-hmm. They don't say the same thing when any fucking right-wing Ted Nugent, Kid Rock, fucking... Um, well, they're bro- terrified. Yeah. They're terrified of that. Of course they are. You know, and there they are, protect their, uh, you know, their Messiah, Trump. Oh, yeah. I said this to Delise last night. We had CNN on for a while, and, you know, they're talking about Biden, that whole camp. They're going to go hard on Trump, you know, from now till the election, which they should do. And if I could have a strategy meeting with any with the Democrats, you know, I would say you you start every interview with reminding the public 
or anybody that is listening, anybody that wants to hear, that he has been convicted of sexual abuse. And the sitting judge that did that said, make no mistake about it. I have it here. I could read it to you. What the judge said, make no mistake about it. This is rape. What he said was the fact that Mr. Trump sexually abused, indeed, comma, raped Ms. Carroll has been conclusively established. Right. So how you don't open with that all the time is beyond me. What a wasted opportunity. So Brian Kilmeade and Tucker Carlson and, you know, Richard Surratt here in Canada, the rebel news guys, that's your guy. He's a convicted freaking rapist. I mean, honestly, how that isn't top of the list and brought up all the time is beyond me. That's your guy. That's who you're supporting. And, you know, that, how convenient for that side that people don't hammer away at that more. You know, I agree with you. And, and, and sometimes, because I watch CNN, I watch it during a meal prep time. That's my new thing. And, mm. and I sometimes get frustrated, as you have expressed, that they don't go harder with that stuff mm. on when they do get a, a Republican or they're talking to somebody, they're interviewing somebody. And, and, and I said uh, part of this uh, setup was that Donald Trump is literally grousing now that he's more popular. See, this is right. what it is. This is what I don't understand. And again, I'm expressing the same sentiment as you. It's so odd that, that this is the man that, forget the MAGA people, that people in power, and you actually said it to me before the show, they know. They know this guy's mm-hmm. dumb and narcissistic. And if, like, it, it, you, you can't have a president candidate worrying about his popularity versus a pop star and, and right. think that's the guy we, we should get in office. I saw John Bolton was on last night. He was the former um, whatever, something. To, uh, he was inside the government. He was something. Yeah, he was inside the government. Something. I think chief of staff, there. something like that. No, that was Mark Meadows. Mm. Um, I think Bolton was there before Meadows, though. Was he? Oh, I thought he had something to do. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But he said that. He said every decision that Trump makes, it's he, he doesn't think about the country. He doesn't think about people. He thinks about how am I going to look through this? Right. What is my image going to be? He was, how, uh, am I gonna, how am I going to be worshipped? How am I going to be applauded? That's all he cares about. Well, and that's why and that comment so about his popularity. Yeah. Like, imagine that. Anyway, Bolton was the uh, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations and national security advisor. That's right. Yes. And, and, and again, there's so many people like that that think Donald Trump, and basically paraphrasing all of them, that Donald Trump is unfit for office. Mm-hmm. I saw a conversation. You talk about being frustrated. It's Joe Rogan and The Rock, and they're talking about the atmosphere, the political atmosphere right now. And Rogan, fucking morons, going like, I don't understand it. You know, you used to be able to say, you used to be able to go into a party. You used to be able to sit down at dinner. And you're a Democrat. I'm a Republican. You could have a conversation. Now, you mentioned Trump, and this Trump derangement syndrome is just so over the top. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> no, I know. Well, here's what's wrong with these people. Never before has a convicted rapist been one of the candidates. Yeah. That's why, Joe, you can't figure that out. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not apparent convic- to you? He was and an insurrectionist. It's all there to be seen. But yeah. again, the convicted rapist thing, it's like, so that hasn't entered your mind, Joe, that this guy running for president now 
is guilty of that, and that might get people's temperatures up a bit. By the way, and, and, by the, and not by the way, but as, as <laughs> part of it, it's just that's just the latest in a list. <laughs> that's there's 30 fucking items on that list that are right that that are that would be that contribute to as this so-called Trump derangement syndrome. You know why they mm-hmm. say that? It's cuz cuz there is no real Biden derangement syndrome. I mean, they uh-huh. they come up with, you know, they they come up with a few things of uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and Joe Biden the worst, but but it's there's no there's no equivalency and ha- and there never has been in in American political history. Um hang on a second. And one other thing I saw, double shot more on power. It's Joe Rogan talking to Dana White of the UFC or whatever the right. fuck it is. And Dana White's telling the story and he goes, you know, one of the big sponsors phoned and uh, was concerned that I was backing Trump. They said, you know, is that is that a good idea to be backing Trump? And I told them to fuck off. Just fuck off. Dana White told his big sponsor. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, in a normal situation, right. No one should tell you who you should vote for or who you back. But listen, say say it was Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola now backs the UFC. The, the head of the UFC is supporting a convicted rapist insurrectionist. You don't think that the ground rules have changed a bit? Yeah, that exactly. Coca-Cola might be concerned that I'm throwing all this money at the UFC, the guy at the top... Loves this convicted rape. Not very good. It, w- it would be like, would somebody go out and get O.J. Simpson to endorse something? <laughs> no, I know. Because that's yeah, well, basically what it is. There's never been. These these are unprecedented times, uh, for sure. And that'll be a yeah. nice segue into uh, welcoming back one of our favorite guests. It's been a... A while since we've had a chat with uh, Ralph Ben Murgy on this program. I speak to Ralph privately because, you know, I need counseling. Uh, Ralph, of course, a, uh, has had an eclectic and vast career, an award-winning broadcaster and uh, an author. He is a, an ex-executive advisor to political and academic leaders and uh, author. His biography called I Thought He Was Dead, a spiritual memoir. He is a, uh, a sweet man. At his core, and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the kind and wonderful. By the way, do you hear the music I'm playing? And I think to myself. And the reason I'm playing this song, I, I chose it specifically for you. First, welcome to the show, and I'll tell you why. It's good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be here. I miss you guys. I told um, Freddie that you and I had spoke uh, just the other, you know, I was on my way to Hamilton and in that area and I thought of you and I called and we had a nice chat and I said to Fred, I have a different tact for uh, Ralph today and here's what it is because oftentimes our, your appearances are rife (laughs) with what's wrong with the world and there's lots. Our conversation was quite extensively, Not negative, but a lot of negative things we talked about. But I want to start with this, and we'll get to the negative stuff after. What do you see right with the world? (laughs) Ah, well, I've been thinking about that because you can get overwhelmed, right, by trying to figure out what's wrong. And when you're trying to figure out what's wrong, it's because you want to hope that there's some way to make it right. But I would say that the world that we're shown on a daily basis is chaos. The world for many people 
is not chaos. That there right now are people walking their kids to school and kissing them on the forehead and the kid going, Dad, not here. <laughs> right? And and then getting picked up by their mom and, and being loved and, and there's eight billion people in the world and ninety nine point seven percent of them are just people trying to have a good life and trying to be uh, figure out what we're doing here and why. So if we could, it, that's not news, right? News is what goes wrong. Uh, it, it hits your reptilian brain. It's all about survival and about scarcity and all that stuff. But I'd rather spend more time. I, I find it more peaceful for myself to just meditate, to just be uh, appreciative there are people who wake up and every morning they have a gratitude. I am grateful for. And I'd love to see more of that in my own life, let alone anybody else's, because you can really get sucked into this whole other piece, which is really dark at times, especially these days, I find. But, yeah, I think there's lots of really good things going on. The people are 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 trying to be decent human beings and... Uh, it doesn't mean that we're always great and do only good things and it's all unicorns walking through the living room, you know. <laughs> it's, it's life, right? Yeah. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, some, you know the, the saying, ignorance is bliss? Hmm. Sometimes when I talk to people my age or younger people who never, they say, I don't watch the news. They're oblivious to, you know, the huge, you know, Donald Trump's just over here and what's Ooh. going on in the Middle East is way over there. From a, from a day-to-day standpoint, they're, they're not pulled down by that stuff because they've either chosen not to or they're just literally not into it or don't, they're not involved. Or they can't take it. Or they, maybe they can't take it, whatever it is. And then I said to Howard a couple of weeks ago, I said, I actually, I'm jealous of those people. I wish sometimes that was me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to know is to go, well, then what are you going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and and I think for most people, like, again, I, I called Ralph and we spent probably, I don't know, half an hour hashing out some of the negative things that are going on in, in the world. And I've expressed some of the stuff in my life that I was curious about. And then, but I, I think, I don't know if people, people know us well enough after all the years we've all been broadcasters. I don't spend the rest of my day in a state of, you know, this performative state, you know, when I'm talking to Freddie or you and, you know, I can have a conversation about the world. But generally, this is a um, an inflated sense of how aggravated we get because, you know, this is, we're doing a show here. But I would, right. I, so I, having said that, how much of your day, Ralph, is spent ruminating over whatever it is, Middle East, America, climate change, etc.? Yeah, well, I mean, having spent, you know, a few decades there as a journalist, where every day you, you sort of walk into the muck and try to figure out what's going on, uh, it's kind of a habit. And I would say that I... It's not that I spend my day doing it. It's that I I find myself thinking, am I alone here? Like, are people not realizing what's going on? <laughs> this isn't going as well as I'd like it to. But I have this whole thing of trying to think, okay, well then, what is the problem? Diagnose the problem. And what do we do about it? How, do, how does it, because I keep finding more and more people going, 
I, I can't do anything about this. You know, smart, good people going, um, we're just screwed. And that sort of seeps into everything, whether people know it or not. I mean, if your basic attitude is this isn't working out and there's nothing I can do, I'm helpless, then that becomes part of how your day goes, whether you're consciously thinking of it or not. Who wants to be that person going, I'm screwed I've got no, and there's no way out? That's just awful. Right. But that's how many of us are now trying to cope with all this crazy. Because, like I said, the crazy becomes the, nor- the, the, the everything. When in reality, if you just stop and look around and, and, and are grateful for things, you'll see that there's lots of beautiful things going on all the time. I watched this ridiculous thing on, on social media yesterday of a guy going down to the edge of a, a waterway, a diversion waterway, to save a dog. And how six mm. guys made a human chain to, to get to the dog and, and pull it out, mm. all risking their lives. So there's all kinds of lo- lovely things going on all the time, you know. Not to be negative, though. Can you imagine if that was Texas and it was a migrant? They just let him go. Yeah. Right. Right. And, they, and do that, that. they do that for a dog, but not for a human. Not to bring it down, well, but, and, and, but, 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 but it's our it, attitude towards it's it. human nature. And again, I'm not stating anything that you don't know, but it's you know bad that, that phrase "bad news travels fast." It's the uh, you know no one seems to be in a big hurry, us included, uh, to share like some amazing story like that. You know, well, bad and, news happens fast because you want to survive. Oh, no, and I, and I understood that. Cave and look for the monster. 100%. I mean, a lot of our actions as human beings are driven by that reptilian brain because it's yeah. the one that processes. The other one, the more the frontal cortex or whatever, that process is slower, is actually the more evolved, younger part of our brain. Right. right. Do you think in our case, guys, our age, in our situation in life, and again, Ralph, I don't know how hard you work in a day or what takes up your day but that again an old saying too much time in your hands sometimes i i think that's like my problem or it's just i have a lot of hours in the day to be exposed i mean be it the news channels or online there's a lot of people that just don't have a lot of time to concern themselves with that because they're at work 10 hours a day trying to pay the bills and well you see that that's the part that I find the most upsetting is the the treadmill, right? Mm-hmm. That, that when you're younger, um, it's hard, man. Like you, you are being forced to work way too much for way too little. Yep. And because of that, everybody's just like, I don't like. You can do a streeter two days before an election, and and half people go. Is, is there an election? Yeah, exactly. I don't know about it. Uh, because we're not at the system is set up to keep us with our nose to the grindstone. So when we get older, if we do have more, even if we didn't have more time, when you're uh, at a certain age, you can't help but be more reflective and more contemplative. hundred percent. But but you said something in uh, a minute ago that I think is also very true of the three of us. That you know, whether it was. You know, as Fred doing sports or me doing a morning show or you hosting various television programs, it's a habit for us to consume news and information the way we do. I mean, Fred and I still do a show four days a week. You know, I've got a page of notes 
I've taken here, stuff I want to talk to him about, things I was going to ask you about. A lot of them are things that happened in the news yesterday, stories we've accumulated. It really is habitual for me, but I will say as I've gotten older, I'm more able to compartmentalize them so that I don't spend the day, you know, in a state of service. But remember that you also, both of you, know as the day goes on, oh, I think I want to talk about that tomorrow to my audience. And that's not nothing. When you lose that, when you're not on every day, you know it, you feel it. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, that, oh, I'm not, I don't have a show tomorrow. But there's no, okay, maybe I'll remember this. But you have <laughs> a way of getting it out, right? Absolutely. You have a way of, of, of being able to notice the world and think, I'm going to share this with people. Right. Most people have nothing like that. Right. And our an angle for us, too, is when I did sports, I did a sports comment every day. It was a critical analysis. And a lot of doing a morning show, you come up with a topic and you either criticize something or you, you know, you have an opinion on it. Mm. And I, I've said to Howard, I mean, you know, that whole thing about knowing your audience later in life now, I'm so so used to critically analyzing everything that sometimes you do that in front of people that don't want to hear it. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe your family, your wife, your kids, you know what I mean? It's just, it's where I come from. Mm -hmm. I'm writing right now on uh, climate change and uh, spirituality and climate change. And uh, most people are just like, uh, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> no. I just, what am I supposed to do? Like, the, yeah, I get it. The planet's burning up, but I can't stop it. Right. So, w- with impotence, with a society that feels impotent, uh, you're getting all this other crap that goes sideways out, you know, out, out either way and turns into something ugly. And that's why you have so much anger out mm. there because people feel helpless and they really need someone to blame. And that's why the dangerous part is now. You know, this whole Middle East thing and anti-Semitism, Howard and I were talking about it. I saw a really good little thing yesterday that said about being Jewish, that being Jewish is you're not white enough for white people and you're not minority enough for minority people. Exactly. And I thought, yeah, well, that's kind of what it is, right? But who do, who do, who wants to talk about that in my circle? Not that many. Well, people. and I was going to say that you know, one of the, I mean, I have a Fred and an audience every day, and and friends like you that I can call up and we can riff for thirty minutes about this and that. And most people forget our families don't want to hear this from me. I, I I think that in normal conversations, you know, I'm out in the golf course or I'm talking to somebody, they're not, as you said, I like the, what you said, Freddie, about it, they're not critically analyzing things the way we might because either we're trying to figure out a way to present it on the show or in, in some other case, trying to think of what's funny about it. Like, that's another thing mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I because of that type of brain that all three of us have but you know i I, what i do sometimes miss about not doing stand-up because i haven't done it in a few months is i come up with stuff all the time i go oh that would be great to put in this part of my act and i realize oh i'm not doing that right now and i'm gonna and when that is completely gone i will miss it but having this we're all communicators exactly and part of being a communicator is what input you get how do i find a way to articulate it that resonates with an audience. Mm-hmm. That's not what most people do, uh, but but they also do it on a micro level, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody who runs a, a butcher shop, 
has a rapport, a certain kind of rapport with the customers. Is it either they're funny or they're knowledgeable, or so they also are synthesizing in their own way. But our jobs is all have always been to see everything around us and go, how can I take a piece of this and make it relatable? Mm-hmm. Funny only comes if you're relatable and telling the truth. If you're making crap up to sound funny, it's painful to watch that. Mm-hmm. So it's all about trying to figure out what's the truth of this moment and can I say it in a way that makes the audience go I really like listening to those guys right mm-hmm. and that's the job but it's also the reflex right yeah no definitely good reflex um, somebody's got to do it <laughs> you know uh, another thing I've been thinking of lately as far as being worried about the world is I'm reading this morning Iran says that any reaction by the United States, they will respond with a heavy hand as well. You know, our generation, the one before us, I guess, maybe. Yeah. No, no. Our parents were in a war. You know, we came through our lives, our our group, um, never really having to experience a, a, a war, <laughs> really feel threatened on a daily basis. And I just wonder how the world's going to react, how North America, how Canadians are going to react if something escalates to the point where we're threatened right now. I mean, seriously threatened. How that will change us. Because we've we've been pretty lucky. Again, us, our kids. We haven't had to deal with anything like that, like our fathers did, our grandfathers did. And how are we going to react to that? <sighs> Well, well, you guys said you didn't want to bum out the audience. Well, no, we've done 15 minutes of positivity. We can do the last five or eight of just kind of getting, getting down to it. Corner. No, Fred has turned the corner. No, you listen, we were going to get we're there eventually. global war. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you know what's... Um, when you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, I just watched uh, the movie Golda, where Helen Mirren plays Golda Meir, the uh, mm-hmm. former Prime Minister of Israel. And I remember being a kid in 1967 war, the seven day war, and really with my dad sitting and watching it on TV, like on the news, Walter Cronkite talking about it and thinking, oh, my God, like this is really happening. And I was invested because I'm Jewish and this has a bearing on the survivability of the Jewish people. And then 73 and then 82 and then all, all the time. And now. And what do I do? How do I hold feelings about this? And how do I stop being numb about it and thinking, oh, well, you know, everybody's just, you know. And for me, the refuge point has been in my own spiritual life. um, I'd say the Buddhist part of me has been the most helpful part of me. That killing anything is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And that being present and having compassion for every human and everything in this world that we understand and don't understand is the only thing I can do that is helpful. Instead of, you know, getting on my team jersey and deciding the other guy's completely wrong and Mm -hmm. I'm completely right. That does nothing for anyone. So for me, it's about using this, any platform to connect with people to say the humanity within you. That's what we're talking about. The the compassion for all that is around us. You know, people ask me why I'm a vegetarian. And it's just like, 
we don't, we're running out of animals. We're, we're running out of fish. We're running out of these things. Do I need to be the next person who needs to gobble them up? No, I'll live without and, it. And, right? and, and, I, and by the way, I love your answer, even though that's, you know, it's not quite the question Fred's asking, because and, and what I believe, and I believe what you say, and I think that in a small way I, I resonate with, because what you've answered is how you as an individual can feel about these things and how we all as individuals can choose to react to anything because, and, and I believe that, that, that you, you can only solve what you can solve in a day. The greater question I think Fred asks, and I, I'm on board with it to a degree is, you know, there's a lot of like the, starting with October 7th, a, a, a spark was ignited that has just, you know, whether it's the, Hooties or Hooties in the Blowfish, whether whatever it is. Thank you. Thank you for that joke. I've been saving that for a while. Hooties in the Blowfish. I'm here all week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Whether it's that, you know, you, when you hear about they're attacking, they're attacking ships that are, that are bringing supplies. All of it started, it always, as it does in the Middle East, with the Jews. The, the, the greater question beyond how a person can individually react, I would say, is what Fred's asking. What, what, what can be done? What could be done? And what, what, will, what, what, will, what could this lead to? Yeah, but you always have to start with the individual. Understood. Right? I, mm-hmm. think, I think of Gandhi. He was a guy who was trying to be a white guy, a lawyer. He'd made it in England. He goes to South Africa. <clears throat> they throw him off a train for thinking he's better than they think he is. And he returns to being his authentic self and stays there and gets the British Empire to leave, which was an unimaginable thing by virtue of just saying, stay the course, be real about what you want to affect change about. How much do we in our lives, because we're so individualized, we're so, I have my stuff and you have your stuff and we're here to compete with each other to get more stuff than the other guy and we're always worried we don't have enough stuff. All that stuff ends up being what life becomes about. And it's in the last two minutes of your life, you're going to look back and think, really? Mm-hmm. This is what I did? So at a certain point, you've got to decide to come together with people and become curious about them and try to make some change in your own community, mm-hmm. on your own block. You don't have to change right. the world, change your block. But yeah. that's part that's part of the frustration. Um, right. It always comes down to the individual and how sad that just a few select individuals, you can count them on one hand, really control whether this earth continues or, um, uh, you know, it, it is blown up through nuclear war or, you know. Um, well, because we keep thinking we're going to be there one day. You know? No, no, I know, but you know what I'm saying. It's like Putin. It's Trump. It's you know Biden. It's you and know some Iranian no, guy. Not even them. They're the puppet show. But I'm just saying, wh- whoever it is, there's just a handful of people, individuals that you speak of, that can wreck it for us all, no matter well, how good we are. Go to Loblaws. If you want to find out what the hell's going on here, go to Loblaws. Go to Galen Weston's uh, fuzzy sweaters and nice talk. Uh, this guy is raking it in on your back, making mm-hmm. you work twice as hard as you need to. We're all doing the, like this economic system. The stuff I'm writing about, I had to do a chapter on the economic system. I thought this is not my, my bailiwick. This is not where I shine. But I've been reading and researching it. This system, the, the, 
called the neoliberal economic system, Reagan-Thatcher, there's no such thing as society, there's just individuals, is a disaster for all of us. Mm -hmm. We are totally being uh, conned, totally. Uh, It's just literally 16 families in North America owned 50% of the wealth of, of, of uh, of the continent. We're letting that happen, and we're by. We're thinking. I have no choice. I have to become another hamster on the wheel in this thing, and maybe we do have a choice. We do have to start thinking about supporting things that stop this system and, and start another one. Well, and 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 that's where we'll start. I mean, you've always been an advocate of like, and I and you've reiterated. I think the idea of thinking globally by acting locally. Uh, by acting locally, um, making a difference in your immediate surroundings too hopefully make a difference uh, to the bigger picture. But I mean, and we always end in this spot, which is the problem is this hamster wheel, this system that we're part of, it's pretty hard to make a difference in. And that's why most people at the end kind of throw up their hands and go, well, what can I do? Well, yeah, yeah, people need to, to actually, um, Stop being distracted and diverted all day long. Just one book uh, every three weeks. It's not going to kill you. Just... And I'll just say one thing that's bring, been bringing me down lately, and I'm going to be honest, it's I've watched Band of Brothers, and I've just started watching this other one. Masters the of the Air. Unbelievable. You know, I have a an 11-year-old grandson, and I'm thinking, you know, I said earlier, we've been lucky not having world wars, world conflict. I'm thinking... One day, am I going to have to watch this kid go off to some kind of a freaking war? <laughs> really? Like, is it time again for that? Well, and that scares, it scares the shit out of me. It, it, it honestly does, because I'm thinking the way things are going, like, are we going to have to maybe sacrifice him for all these other assholes? Anyway, getting too deep now, but it goes through my mind. Yeah, well, yeah, it should. Yeah. And what do you think? It, when do, you, do you actually think that will happen? Oh, I don't know. I hope not, but. It could. Why not? It's happened before. Well, that's it. That's happened. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you were a grandparent in 19, uh, you know, 34 and you had an 11 year old son who you couldn't have imagined that in nine years in 1943 right. or so, they might be off. And I, we, we just been we rewatched Band of Brothers and I started watching, by the way, Masters of the Air. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ha- as you said, it happened before. And what's t- we're just so homogenized here in our little bubbles. Mm-hmm. And th- that kind of thing only happens over there. And we see people being blown up in different parts of the country. We think, well, that wouldn't happen over here by the Sherway Mall. Right. Well, and, and look, at, look at who's uh, the most popular uh, political leader federally right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a guy who rage farms. You know, uh, a guy who who is dividing, a guy who says whatever he wants to say at the moment to gain a political advantage. And people are going, well, yeah, let's choose him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at a certain point, it's a personal responsibility yeah. of saying to people, no, don't choose him. Mm-hmm. Do something else, something better. Right? You know what you know what we say around here, Ralph? We say choose Ralph. That's what I say. <laughs> Ralph Ben Murgy. Ralph Ben Murgy.ca is how you find out more. 
Uh, I thought he was oh, dead. Yeah. As- Can I plug one thing? Yes, let me yeah. finish plugging your book. I thought he was dead. A spiritual memoir, and Ralph, yeah, no. of course, a an executive advisor and a spiritual counselor. What do you want to plug, sir? I want to plug that I'm I'm doing. I've started up uh, aging to saging workshops again. I've got three of them on the go. Nice. Uh, go to ralphbymergie.ca. Send me an email if you want your group to sit together and talk about getting older in a beautiful way. You know what? It's cool. always a pleasure, my friend. Talking about always. anything with you. And uh, a nice, another nice appearance. I'll get. You know what? I might give you a call on the side just to continue all this nonsense. Beautiful. <laughs> RalphBenMurgy.ca. Thanks, my friend. All right, take care, guys. Thank you, thank you, Ralph Benmergy. Um, so, uh, did you watch the uh, first episode of the uh, Masters of the Year? Yeah, not all of it. I was, uh, but I, I started watching. Dude. And- I, uh, I watched the first episode last night and uh, yeah. I loved it. I mean, it's got you know it's by the same people that did Band of Brothers and mm-hmm. and we've talked about it, but it's got a, it's got a different feel to it, but it's uh, it's got a sort of familiar familiarity to it. But I loved all the uh, all the plane stuff, all the flying stuff. It's crazy, man. All these kids, just kids too, going up in mm-hmm. these giant Lancaster bombers or whatever they're called, a B B nineteens. I don't know. They're massive. Just crazy. Yeah. You imagine being up in one of those and an engine gets shot out and <laughs> No. You talk about you talk about <laughs> diarrhea for like jeez. No, I like that's what I I mean I've said that about those those guys in the trenches. I'm oh, not yeah. doing that. No. I'm not doing that. I, and you know, I your worry about, you know, slapshot Johnny. I know it's Johnny Slapshot. <laughs> <laughs> Dyslexic. <laughs> That's right. Slapshot, Johnny Slapshot. Um, yeah, I mean, like, just think about you and I. We, I wouldn't have wanted to do that when I was nineteen or twenty. No, and yeah, how did you put it? A, a false sense or whatever? How 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 did you put it? Where. You know, we're just floating through, not really considering that that's a possibility when why wouldn't it be? It just why wouldn't it be? And then, you know, the society, the way we've brought up our kids and grandkids, are they prepared for that kind of thing psychologically? Were they ever or were kids tougher back then? They could handle it better on and on and on. Well, culturally, it was different. But I mean, I I often think about when I see, you know, whether it's the Middle East or some part of the world where there's some conflict going on and there's like these buildings that are where people gathered Mm -hmm. and they get blown up. I think, what would it be like if we drove by Sherway or the Eaton Mm -hmm. Center and all of a sudden there were just giant holes in it everywhere because of some bombing that just happened? We're so... um, removed from it here in North America and always have been right. Yeah, but it's coming. I mean, listen, it it came here in 2011, 2001. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think we're going to see, and I hate to say this because of this middle East conflict, because what's been revealed by this Hamas support and, and support from left wing groups this pro-Palestinian support that is going to bring more of it here, mm-hmm. not less of it. It ain't gonna. It ain't gonna slow down. You know what? I still haven't seen through all of this, and just once I would like, and maybe somebody else has. And I know what's going on in Gaza right now is bad. Apparently, they're eating grass and drinking polluted water, and horrible, horrible, horrible. 
just once I'd like somebody to say, Hamas is responsible for this, a Palestinian to say that. We're in this situation because of the government we choose. It's their fault. This should have never happened. I mean, this was kick-started by them. I never hear that. It's just weird. Yeah, I've, I've heard, you know, you're right, and you brought that up before. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. little snippets of it, but certainly not in any... Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen the odd tweet from Palestinian supporters who agree with you. Um, we've got uh, a lot of stuff to get to before we uh, close off another Humble and Fred show. We just keep spitting them out one after another after another. And how do we do it? Well, volume, obviously, but also yeah, from like- uh, support. Of the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamberplan.ca should be your destination if you want to check it out, because uh, you can. Uh, you can get a free quote right there at Chamberplan.ca. Uh, How your small business can have a benefits package to benefit your entire staff. Wouldn't they love that? Dental, prescriptions, therapies, travel insurance, mental health. They even have an HR department that you can tap into if, you know, you're in a pickle with one of your people. Well, that's the situation. Uh, They've done a great job. uh, What? Thousands of businesses across Canada, now part of the Chamber Plan, and they've done a great job on holding the line on uh, premiums over the years, so you're going to have a good idea where you're going to be cost-wise and where it's going. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. And uh, we've told you about this company, Boron One. Let me remind you that Boron is in everything. Whatever you Look around you right now. Some of the common applications of Boron... Glass production, insulation, fertilizer, silicon, metallurgy. I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure what metallurgy is, but it sounds cool. LCD screens, stealth technology, sports equipment. Boron can also be found in automotive products like motor oil, brake fluid, steering fluid, and antifreeze. And where you can find out more about this amazing mineral, which is very hard to get out of the ground, by the way. It's not easy. It's not, they're not just, you don't, you don't use a, a child's, uh, beach bucket and a shovel it's a real thing go to boron1.com that's boron1.com and of course sticker symbol b-o-n-e uh, we make no claims about their stock prices but uh, you know I've heard from several Humble and Fred listeners that have got in on the boron action and maybe it's right for you talk to your Sherpa talk to our Sherpa talk to Jay Bondi they'll tell you Boron One is where it's at at boron1.com. Rudra Rishi uh, Maharaj, good friend of the show, friend of ours individually and as a group, uh, sent me a note a little while ago reminding me that Gail Gordon, speaking of men named Gail, is part of the Lucille Ball show. Mr. Mooney. Mr. Mooney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no trouble remembering that. Crazy. Yeah. Why? What do you mean? Versus like trying to remember something that happened yesterday. Yeah. Or from recent TV shows or whatever. It's just sizzled in my brain. All yeah. There's certain characters. things. Yeah. Certain things like that that seem mm-hmm. like. Again, I, we're not telling anybody they don't. Something, I, I, it's that idea that 
you know, I, I, you know, you do Wordle every day, and I, and that's great for your brain. And I, no, uh, I don't. Well, but you do things. Like, I thought you did Wordle. All I do the time. think. You I, do things. No, I haven't done Wordle in months and months. I grew. I just got bored with it. Well, the point I was going to make is people mm-hmm. do a lot of things to keep their brain active as they age, and the thing that I do. Mm-hmm. For a variety of reasons, is you know, Spanish. I take it every day. I have a Spanish lessons three times a week. I speak Spanish every day. Obviously, down here, I was with uh, Senora for about three or four hours yesterday. A lot of Spanish is being spoken. She teaches me some new phrases. Um, and, and literally, sometimes she'll tell me something. And five minutes later, I'm like, can you tell me that thing again? And she, <laughs> honestly, and she looks at me like I'm, like I have special needs. And I'm like, I just can't remember it and if i if if it's a new phrase like like i'm learning some conjugation right now but if it's a new phrase like she told me the phrase for something last night and by the time i got home i couldn't remember it Mm -hmm. like no i know i get it it's frustrating no you know we were talking about seeing stuff on the news or seeing stuff on television being exposed to something and thinking oh i want to remember to say that i want to remember to talk about that on the show and then I think I'll go up and, you know, I'll put it in my computer. I'll write it down somewhere or put it in my phone. It might not be, be at hand, right? Yes. But I think I got to remember to do that. And then 10 minutes later, it's like, what was I just thinking about? <laughs> I know. Like, like I what was know. I just going to put in the phone to talk about on the show? And I forget it. I do. You know, that's, by the way, that is what I do. I'll, if I think of something or I see something, I'll send it to myself immediately. Because right. if I don't. There's no mm-hmm. way I'm going to remember it. Um, anyway, let's get uh, moving on here. Jay Bondi is uh, filling in. Let me get to Jay Bondi and the Jay Bondi music. Let me get the starting of the... Let me get rid of that music now. Okay. Here we go. It's time to get down to some business. <laughs> Jay, can you hear us? I got you guys. Yeah. How about okay. how about on this end? You sound oh, fantastic, you sound man. Let me uh, open up another. Uh, I got only one. I'm working with one screen right now. So let me Uh-oh. get to. I, I know it's not it's not the huge. Uh, it's time once again for uh, Jay Bondi, your Sherpa two financial advisor for the retirement Sherpa team. I like the way that sounds, JB. By the way, uh, welcome uh, officially. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, Very much appreciate it. And I was looking back at the email you sent us uh, previewing what we were going to talk about today. And I don't have it in front of me, but I I believe all your picks. No, your picks for San Francisco was right. But you picked, uh, dude, you picked Baltimore over KC. How dare you go against the Swift? I know. I I totally was against the Swifties and and all the... uh, all the NFL nation and 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 all the political you know warfare that the, exactly. it, it's all tied together, right? It's, oh, it's all one big conspiracy theory to have them uh, at the Super Bowl. And it's not like Kansas City hasn't been at the Super Bowl since uh, I don't know last year. You know uh, that conspiracy they're, they're so far removed, and they and they and they happen to have a gentleman by the name of. Uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes, who's uh, fairly yeah. adept at his uh, at his uh, skill set, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's pretty good at football. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell me. But so frustrating. If that guy just hadn't bumped Josh Allen, 
with that pass into the end zone. Buffalo could have easily beat them. Oh, yeah. And then they, Buffalo easily could have won that game. Again, I mean, here we go. <laughs> and then they probably would have beat Baltimore because, you know, what's his head? Lamar Jackson. He had a terrible game. Lamar? Yeah, Lamar Jackson? Yeah, he had a anyway. terrible game. He had a terrible game, and he's not very good in the playoffs. We could be looking at the Bills and 49ers right now. Yeah, how much more exciting would that be? And, and I'm not, listen, uh, I, I've yeah. said this, Jay. I, I like Kansas City. I'll be cheering for them because um, I like Mahomes and I like, uh, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Swift. But, uh, yeah, I would have been much happier going forward looking at uh, a Josh Allen Super Bowl. It, anyway. it would have been uh, it would have been more enjoyable for uh, for many, I think, in this part of the woods, uh, in this mm-hmm. neck of the woods, for sure. It would have been fun. So, yeah. Now you can only wonder, eh, what kind of a game plan does each team have? Because having a plan is very, very important, isn't it? As we delve into Nice yeah, segue. I mean, nice you know what, uh, this this uh. week the idea was to kind of spill off a lot. Last week we talked a lot about goals and goal setting and, and, and the importance of, of, of doing that. But but kind of what does all that lead to is 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 a lot of the questions I get asked, uh, you know, when when we have people, you know, either call in from, you know, from the show, they they, they want to know kind of you know, what is it that they need to provide in order to establish a plan? Like, how do I get a plan in place is kind of uh, is kind of a big question I'm asked. And, uh, you know, it, it's easy to talk about why a plan is important. I think we've talked about a lot about that. Peace of mind is the biggest one. But the, but the what is is often, you know, kind of has people hesitate. And, mm-hmm. and I'd love to just have people get over that hump. Yeah, again, for some reason. It never was for me. I don't think for Howard. It's intimidating for people. It really is. They're they're actually afraid of that first step. Why do you 100%. think that is? Why do you think that is? I, I think it's easier for people just to to just to delay. Um, yeah. You know, finding out something that maybe they're not totally um, you know comfortable hearing, or a lot of times, you know what. You know, in all honesty, people end up figuring out as they end up going through the process and and mm-hmm. and going through the plan with us. A, it's not that difficult to establish the the basics. Um, you know, because there's two differences here. We're we're talking about a, a financial projection here. This is a very general kind of idea of what things could look like for you. You know, I think people get that confused a lot with what a financial plan is, and a, a financial <laughs> plan is is very detailed. It's done by actuaries, and and there's a lot of specifics that go into uh, establishing that. We we work hi- primarily with financial projections with people. You know, we want to get you know the information we need in order to to do that for them, you know, current annual incomes, current, you know, savings that they're doing, contributions that they may be making to their RRSPs, TFSAs, you know, what are your retirement goals? A simple question. Maybe it's just 65. I think people get caught up on, well, I'd like to retire at 60, but but I realize it might be 65 or, you know, I'd really like to retire at 55. It, it doesn't matter. The important part is just doing it, figuring it out, putting it on paper and seeing, you know what what it could be um mm-hmm. as opposed to just remaining stagnant and not knowing that's that's the worst thing so you've kind of got into some of the what's there annual income retirement age goals uh what are some more of them current investment statements um absolutely home current value etc yeah talk where, about those where you're at basically like the biggest part of of identifying the plan for us is to figure out where you're at in that process or in that plan um 
to establish kind of a base. And then we got to figure out how we talked about last week, how, how your goals, how your priorities um, and uh, and what you have coming up on the horizon, potentially how that can morph the plan and, and enhance the plan going forward. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a mortgage, a lot of people have a lot of a lot of money tied up in their home. Uh, and they forget that that's an amazing asset that they have and uh, and an amazing resource that uh, that can be tapped into uh, if they want. So, yeah, we get all the all the asset side of it. Give us uh, the liabilities as well. Obviously, if you have a, a home, you probably got a mortgage with with your uh, current rates and, you know, be it fixed or variable. Uh, hopefully you're locked in uh, as long as you can be because some adjustments are coming. Right. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we need. And uh, and that's what's important. It doesn't take long. Uh, really five or six key questions are what we need and, and that can open up the dialogue for the conversation which yeah, is for an sure. important part. I, I, I would imagine maybe I'm wrong that when people take that first step for the plan they're usually pleasantly surprised hey you're not you're in a pretty good you're richer than you think basically. oh I like that there you go I like that mm. yeah absolutely you know what a lot of people are and, and a lot of people confuse um, you know wealth and and um and what they have with with really cash flow. Too many people get caught up on the cash flow situation that they have. They forget about all the equity and all the assets. We hear about it all the time when we talk to people about, example, tax-free savings accounts, which we've talked about recently. Um, you know, they, they don't think they can touch their investments. Like, I, I, I don't take from my investments. That's how we all grew up being taught. And the reality is, is those assets are there for you and can be utilized to to live the lifestyle uh, that that you're looking for and and uh, following the plan we yeah. can ensure you're not uh, taking too much you know i had so many of those conversations you know you're richer than you think and then i got divorced and they said you know you might want to get a, a part-time job <laughs> you might want to you, you, you you're might. actually poorer than you think <laughs> no they, they went yeah you might uh you used to be okay, but you might want to take in a. Do you have a, a extra room for borders? Do you have a maybe? A, <laughs> hey, listen, man. Jay's been uh, filling in. Now I um I'll send you a note about this, but we're off next week. All right. Uh, so we're gonna, we won't see you for a bit. I think the Sherpa's going to be back the week after. But I'm going to tell you, man. It was great, uh, and, and Jay's going to be on more and more as this year goes on. Uh, great job, and uh, lots of uh, lots of great lots of birdies. You know, very few bogeys in your uh, performance, and uh, we appreciate it, dude. <laughs> hey, we've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Enjoy the time off; it's well deserved, and we'll uh, catch up with you guys in, in the months ahead. I just want to make sure you lad. understand that you are a good lad. The, uh, the mm-hmm. that is uh, Jay Bondy, and here's how you can get a hold of Jay if you want to deal with him directly: J Bondy at RaymondJames.ca. Your Sherpa two financial advisor for the retirement Sherpa team, and uh, Jay, man, I'll be uh, I'll be reaching out uh, later and uh, give you a shout. Take care. Sounds great. Thanks, my friend. Okay, Take care. Okay. He's a good boy. Okay, pal. That's right, Howard. You're richer than you think. And then it was like, hmm, you are not, things are not looking good. Yeah, it was like, you don't plan to live too long, do you? I actually, but this, so I had a financial advisor before I was with the retirement Sherpa years ago. And when I told that financial advisor, who was a, a former NHL hockey player, I said, uh, yeah, I think uh, Randy and I are going to get divorced. And he said to me, and I quote, the worst financial decision you're going to ever make. Mm. And he was right. He was right. But hey, look at I'm here in Mexico. I'm hanging out with you. I'm in my 60s. Well, let's, Not all let so me bad. ask you, do you regret it? 
Not a second. And it gets back to money, isn't everything? You're fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Like I said, I'm hanging out in Mexico. I'm doing a show with you. Yeah. I'm 64 years right. old. Right. You know? Like, you know, it gets back to that whole thing. Really, what do we need in life when we're so conditioned to think we need so much more than we have? And it's just not, it's just not the way it is. No, you're right. You know, we get by on, uh, we can get by on a lot less. I certainly did growing up. You know, I, I was thinking about that too. I maybe even mentioned it to you or we're talking about it on the show, but the world that I grew up in is so much different than the world my kids grew up in. Mm-hmm. Because of what yeah. we could afford, that my parents and I—I I mean, I'm, you know—the the, the example I always use is my mom and dad. Not once in my entire life ever paid for a, an airplane flight for me. Like never. No. Mm-hmm. I'm paying for. I, I paid. For, I paid for a flight for Spencer last fall to come visit me. Yeah. No, I know. It's a different world, kids. No, I mean, from from our parents' house, you know what? One of the biggest regrets I have, actually, and it's sort of backwards, is that I wish I'd have paid more. I wish I'd have done more for my parents when they were alive, maybe sent them on the odd trip or something, at, which I could have afforded to do. I just never. Well, my mom didn't like to fly, but I think sometimes I think, ah, you know. Oh, I get it, man. always want, wanted to go to England. I should have sent them to England, like. Why not? I tried with my dad. You know, every year my dad, when my kids got, when kids were born, he started, rather than going out to visit him in Moose Jaw, he would come to Toronto many summers. And every year, you won't remember this, but every year I had to come up with some bullshit (laughs) to tell my dad in a way for him to let me pay for the flight. I have points. Oh, you're not doing that. Exactly. I I mean, every year was like, what are we going to tell Lou this year that he'll allow me to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Mm. My dad had a saying. I'd say, Dad, I'll buy that TV. They wanted a TV for their spare room or what? I'll buy the TV like a pig's ass. Yeah, yeah. That's what he'd say to me. <laughs> I used to do this joke about my dad coming to visit. And he was like, I said, my dad was the original. Don't do any. Don't don't worry about me, yeah. guy. And I'd say, hey, Dad, we're having dinner. Oh, don't worry about me. I don't need to eat. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Dad, you're going to sleep in the third bed. You know, I don't need a bedroom. He's put me in the garage on the cement floor. A bottle of water and a loaf of bread. I'm fine. <laughs> That's right. I don't need any food. Um, hey, there's Dan Duran. Speaking of old people. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the aged. I remember growing up, I, we always had secondhand clothes passed down from our their greater family from, you know, because there was always older kids in the so we'd get these bags of of clothes from g- girls and boys from other uh, other aunts and uncles' kids. You never had that. Well, your dad was a. Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, I wish we uh, had second hand clothes. I was a fucking thirteen year old wearing a leisure suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you ever the have to wear a kid in school? So you would get it from cousins and stuff. Did you ever have to wear a dress, Dan? No, never. <laughs> I did have to uh, ride a girl's bike, though. My mom's mm. bike became my bike, and it was a girl's bike. Well, there wouldn't have been <laughs> <laughs> having a what? bar up there. There wouldn't have been no sense. anyway. <laughs> By the way, that always made no sense to me. That girls' no, bikes had no bar. Boys' bikes right. did. It was mm-hmm. so fucking backwards. Even then, a young Howie G felt, felt uh, that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that bar was a ball killer. It was a ball know, killer. If you if you ever made a mistake, 
you know yeah, and it was but, like you just hit you know that bar well in your case yeah, but guys apparently mm-hmm. hitting like the vulva or whatever on can be quite painful too yeah okay so it's more just for a little bit of skin on bow huh I wasn't it more for dresses in the day. I don't know. I don't oh, know. I don't know. I uh, I rode a bike uh, yesterday for about an hour, and uh, my ass is sore. Yeah, you know, there's no. It's not comfortable. I'm gonna. I, I get you. Get used to it, I guess. But I don't. I don't ride a bike often enough. But I do enjoy it. Well, when you used to ride horses, the same thing would happen. Yeah, wouldn't it? you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. That's a ball killer if you do it wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a ball killer, Dan Durant. Hey, Freddie, you all, you all yeah. caught up here? Yes, uh, with Jay Bondi, yes. Okay, well then let me uh, interject this important message into the proceedings. Feeling stuck on the sidelines? Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle? Yeah, I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, just a note, tomorrow is our email show and Friday is a special edition of the Humble and Fred program where we'll just feature a, an interview with Dave Thomas. Very nice man. We had a long conversation for, you know, about 45 minutes and you'll hear that. And uh, then we're, as I just, uh, you heard, Freddie and I are off next week. Fred's going to uh, be traveling to uh, the Dominican, and then we'll, re- we'll start broadcasting from two different countries. I, I guess we've done that before. I mean, we're doing it now, but two different, in two different vacation or tropical places. So, yeah. Well, don't forget me. I'm still anchored here in Canada, so that would be three countries, wouldn't it? That is, of course, true. You're right. Three different countries yeah. at that point. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Dan, you're—we uh, can't wait for you to announce your arrival here in Mexico. Dan Duran, possibly making a Mexican appearance. Are you, Dan? That'll be good. You yeah, should. I'd love to do He's that, thinking yeah. about it, but again, with Dan Duran, you never know to the last minute. What's there to think about? Get her done. Well, I've got this. So you know, this now he's got play his play coming up. Play. He's got to make sure that oh, the dates well, for that, and you know, trash that thing in a second. <laughs> If it gets in the way of going, that's exactly what I said. I said, "Dude, it's some time. It's a volunteer play reading, but bag that shit, dude. Get down here. We'll go snorkeling. We'll go to my priorities straight. Is what you're saying? Well, you can't exactly. How many more years? You've only got like two or three years left to live. For crying out loud, come on! But didn't you say that's in late March? Yeah. Well, why can't? I can't like early March go and visit. Well, I don't know when the or rehearsal dates are. The rehearsal dates. Just read. It's a reading. Read the thing when you're in Mexico. <clears throat> just read it's not it. The way it works, but okay, yeah. I mean, it's a reading, but it's a staged reading, so we have to be on the stage to you know, you know, get get the blocking done. And once that's done, I mean, you're not you just know, sit, it's not, uh, just yeah, that. I'd much rather do that than go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that sounds super fun. Hey, Dan, listen, um, because here's the thing. Um, as of the 16th of March, I'm going to have to move out of this place. And I'm not 100% sure. I'll check today. If the place I'm going to move, the Airbnb I have for a couple weeks, I'm not, a, I'm not sure if it's got a second bedroom, but I'll check. So that okay. might also... And, and your, well, that's your a play... That's deadline then. Yeah, well, your yeah. play is March 27th, so you can't come then. 
Right. Well, it's no, around right. there. I don't. It's not the twenty seventh. Well, That's how many readings would you have in a week if you went to visit Howard for seven, ten days? How many readings are you going to miss? I don't know. I, I I don't know. I've emailed uh, B B Corey is the director, and she hasn't responded yet. Mm. And then and that's it. I'm sure I'll get a well, response. To tell her we'll tell her I'll help you run lines whenever you actors need. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't know. It just sounds ridiculous. As ridiculous as Howard doesn't know the place he's rented, whether it has one or two bedrooms. How do you not know that? Um, well, smarty pants, poop, poop face. Uh, because I booked it two months ago. I know it has one bedroom. Well, I would hope. But, yeah. I don't. I, that's something I, have, I would know. I would just know, yeah, it's got two bedrooms. Yeah. Did you see pictures of it? Yes, of course I did. Nerds. Listen, I, I, I would know. Too. I'm not sure whether it has one or two bedrooms. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't thought about it for uh, a couple of months. Is it close to the ocean? It is. It's, uh, is uh, does it have a barbecue? Mm. I don't Dan know. has a checklist before he'll come, right? Okay, here it is. It's going to check a lot of boxes. Oh, you're looking it up right now. I am looking it up right now because uh, it okay. seems to be hilarious to Fred that I didn't know. Message things to know. Uh, Directions, coffee, check in. It's not readily readily available. uh, The information about the place. Okay. No. Hey, hey, listen. Yeah, that's just me. Well, I would normally say two guests. No, I don't think it has a second bedroom. Dan. Okay. All right. Well, we got a new deadline. Then makes sense. Well, it's also similar again. It's down there, some nice meals, some nice drinks. Uh, oh, I get ocean. it. And snorkeling. I, I haven't oh, been in the ocean for a while. And snorkeling, that's a, <laughs> that's, that's a huge plus for me. Yeah, we're going to go. And, and you don't like I would snorkeling. definitely go snorkeling. No. You, you've never, have you ever scuba dived, Fred? Have you ever done no. that? Uh, in a pool once. Oh, okay. I took one lesson. I thought, eh, yeah, I can live without this. Yeah. No. All right. Well, I'm looking you, at the question. It, it, it doesn't have any bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a studio apartment. Is it really? No, it's got a bedroom. It's got one. Well, it might have a full out kitchen in the living room where Dan can stay. Well, that's not where Dan wants to stay. No, I get it. But long before you get that place, Dan has ample opportunity to visit Mexico. Exactly. Because I does. can't imagine in any one week there's more than one or two readings. I can't Look imagine there's more weeks. than... For for the what Dan you told me there's only like three rehearsals. Yes, but when they are is the question. But now if it has to be before the 16th of March, then it's probably been answered. But there's there's two I think two rehearsals and one performance. It's not like a huge commitment in time. Okay, I have confirmation is a one bedroom, one bathroom. Sorry. All right. Okay. Okay. Hammocks? Um, Any hammocks? I can't sleep in a hammock anyway, but anyway. No, there's no... I, 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 I'm just wondering why this producer, director, what hasn't gotten back to you. You did a good job with that other reading. Why is she avoiding you? <laughs> She's not. She she asked me because she was the director of that other reading. Yes. She, you know, came up to me specifically oh, when I was okay. wandering around the halls of the Peterborough Theater Guild and said, would you be interested in this? Here's the script. Please read it and get back to me. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I missed that part. I thought she yeah. was just trying to avoid Well, you. listen, okay. no, today's no, the no, 31st no. of January. Uh, I'm moving to that place uh, the 16th or 17th of uh, March. So there you have it. Six weeks. Right. Sorry. Uh, 
Yeah, when am I going? One exactly. Huge window. Huge window. March 17th, Dan. Okay. I'm moving to that place March 17th. And uh, in the meantime, we still have this to do. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house Mr. and Mrs. Duran would like you to know That they're very uh, hip and cool They've got all sorts of Snappy, cool house things Look at that decor Uh, Here he is once again Movie actor and anchor Daniel J. Gebert Duran. No son, no school. Canada's largest school board is voting today on whether it should revise its school calendar so students can stay home on the day a rare solar eclipse happens. That's on April 8th. So on the 8th, Ontario communities like uh, Niagara Falls, Hamilton, Grimsby, Belleville, Kingston, uh, they will expect total darkness for about four minutes, sometime between 2 and 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And so if they do vote to close schools on that day, it'll join at least six other Ontario school boards, as well as two school service centers in Quebec that have already notified parents that they're canceled. And uh, and some of those uh, boards have just moved to PA Day into the 8th. And the reason is, um, one is that I think they're worried that that kids will be looking at the sun, and that's a transition time when kids are going from school back to home, you know, either walking or in a, in a school bus, and that the, the teachers won't have control of the kids staring down the sun, possibly, and going blind. And the other one is that, you know, it's a distracted drivers. Maybe all of a sudden when it gets dark, they don't know what to do, or they're looking at other things and not paying attention to kids. Anyway. School will be closed on April 8th, probably, in Toronto and a few other places. So the question is, responsible or overreaction? I guess so. I mean, there there has been the argument why daily saving time has not changed because people were worried about kids coming home from school in the school bus because it's dark, because it's harder to see kids in the dark, obviously, or anybody. So I guess there's that. I don't know, maybe, uh, but it's also, a, this is an eclipse that won't happen for another, in this area, for another hundred years. <laughs> so it's going to be pretty eventful and something to, to So it goes completely dark during these events? It's it certain can. areas, yeah. There's the partial eclipse on the, each side of the, uh, the total eclipse zone. Yeah, it's a total eclipse of the And what sun. about in Toronto uh, proper? Will we see, well, how dark will it get? Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but it will be uh, in the Toronto itself is in the uh, in the partial eclipse zone. Okay. You have to go a little further south, like get in a boat, go out into Lake Ontario or travel down to any of these areas, Niagara or into the Kingston or, you know, Belleville area. Might be worth it. You know, Man have you ever boat. been in a, Have you ever been in a total eclipse? I don't remember. I, I, ever I don't remember. Maybe. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, Howard and I had this conversation prior to the show, and, you know, the first, my knee-jerk is, oh, the bubble wrap society. Our little darlings now can't go to school because of an eclipse. And then Howard countered that with, 
Is it that or is it the fact that when we were kids, they just didn't give a shit? <laughs> My theory is, you know, yeah. did our parents not care about us as much? Obviously, we weren't wearing helmets and fucking mm. we were just left to be free range, feral idiots all the time. My parents had no idea where I was most of my childhood. But right. having it's said like, what you've said now, Dan, and you've explained that it, it can get completely dark. And, you know, there's there's a could be a bunch of four and five year olds that without any supervision could just look up and stare into the like Trump, look up and stare into the the, the sun. I mean, and, you know. I, like, that's why I say, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, first swipe, it's like, oh, come on, that's overreaction. But maybe it's very responsible. It's Well, I'd ask you, would you like if yeah. May, you know, May's your youngest grandchild, mm. um, you know, if they were walking home from school or on their way, you know, you, you probably wouldn't want them unsupervised just on the off chance. Well, that yes. And that's, you know, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask, because if I've said to you, I'm way more conscious of the safety of my grandchildren than I was my own children, for whatever reason. Um, so I would say, yes, err on the side of uh, safety. But, you know, I remember from uh, being a little tiny kid being warned that, you know, an eclipse can cause you to go blind. and well, don't uh, look at the sun has been, you know, it's, that's been around no, for a while. But I, I don't yeah, know. It's been around for some hundreds of thousands of years. <laughs> I don't know of anyone that's ever been uh, dealt well, any harm it. whatsoever by looking at an eclipse. If, in fact, they ever did. I, 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 just one of those things. Dan, I said to Fred in our pre-show discussion of this subject, I said, you know, another thing that I was warned of a lot when I was a kid or you were warned of is not to, if you if you ever walked by anyone doing any welding was to not look at the welding. And then, <laughs> That's right, for yes. me, I was drawn to it. I couldn't stop looking at the welding. <laughs> and they told you to wear a welder's mask if you were ever going to look at, a, at an, an eclipse. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah. I, I want to do some research because I'll be... Yeah, I love research. Yeah, dude, let's um, look it up. Research. Um, I'm going to be in the Dominican on that day still. Um. Is it going to be total down there or partial? That'll be uh, something. Because that'd be cool to be by the ocean. Hey, while you're doing your research, why don't you look up how many bedrooms I have? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. See, I would know that. Okay, well, you did. I would. I would know that. Well, now I know it. Mm Mm-hmm. I have one bedroom. There probably is going to be a partial eclipse, not much of one. Because it's it, it tracks further north, it goes. Oh, through, does it? Oh, yeah, okay. it goes through. Uh, uh, you know, like the between New York and Toronto, like New York mm-hmm. State and Toronto, kind of along mm-hmm. the Great Lake there, and then in, in uh, Montreal will be in the eclipse. Uh, it then goes through New Brunswick and Newfoundland and Labrador, mm-hmm. and then off into the ocean somewhere. I feel young. Uh, bad for young boys though don't look at the eclipse you'll go blind don't jerk off you go blind like fuck what else is gonna make me go blind you know yeah what else yeah all the things that make you go fucking blind and, and don't jerk yeah. off while looking at an eclipse then you go blind <laughs> go blind you go blind to both eyes that's a double shot yeah. power right there <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel terrible because you can't because you know yeah. what you can't jerk off you can't look at the eclipse what's fucking left <laughs> you, know, you know what they say, Dan? If you're going to jerk off uh, while looking at the clips, get a fucking welder's mask and some tissues. <laughs> oh, my God. What is, what's, what's this world coming to? 
Oh, like, yeah. All these young boys staring at the sun, drinking off. I'm blind. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Oh. Well, that's a lot of show. True, man. True. Well, Dan, <laughs> I guess we're going to have to wait till tomorrow to hear about the 99-year-old woman that set a fucking swimming record. Oh, that, yeah. It was a woman that set that record? Yeah, 99 years old, man. Oh, okay. 99. Uh, That's a lot of years. Yeah. By the by, the way, speaking of old, like, what's her name? Chichi Rivera or whatever died yesterday in 91? What's her name? Chichi I don't, I don't think, or, or I don't think it's Rivera? Chichi. I think oh, it's Cheetah. Oh, Cheetah Rivera. Oh, okay, yeah. Cheetah. Chichi like Rodriguez yeah. Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Like the fucking monkey. <laughs> when, For yeah. those who don't know, she's a very famous uh, stage actress. Yes. Actress. And yeah. she was, I think, in Toronto during the uh, run of Kiss of a Spider Woman. Ooh. What's her name again? Cheetah. Rivera. Cheetah Rivera. All right. She's yeah, dead. Not Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> Holy I think he's fun. older than 91, isn't he? What did you What did you jerk to make you so dumb? Cheek <laughs> G Rivera, like the monkey. Oh, man. No, cheetah is like the monkey. I said Chi-Chi like the monkey. I'm sorry. What monkey is a cheetah? Oh, cheetah like the cheetah monkey. Cheetah from oh, Tarzan. Yeah, tar- I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. Yo, I'm sorry. I didn't capture your fucking reference from 1947. Yeah, right. <laughs> Cheetah, you know, but like it, the monkey. And then I said Chi-Chi, like the golfer. Yeah, no, I got that part. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. Mm. Yeah, that was fucking... Chi-Chi. Well, you know, that's how dumb Tarzan was. He fucking names his monkey Cheetah, which is a fucking actual other animal. <laughs> like, fuck. Seriously, Cheetah, he couldn't get... That was his best fucking uh, monkey name? Yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> that's right. Let's discuss it on the next edition. <laughs> Tarzan, what an uncreative prick. <laughs> Fucker. Fucker. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ralph Ben Murray. Thanks, everybody. Foils else. and pitfalls oh, of Tarzan. It's nice to have the show end with so many nice laughs. laughs. That's right. This is, uh, this is most all laugh till tomorrow morning. The rest of the day is just sad. Uh, no, Dan Duran, uh, we look forward to you and announcing your arrival in, uh, in Mexico. Mm hmm. I, uh, I've got schedule. the world's most expensive rental car, so I can pick you up. <laughs> hey, any movement on that? Any? Oh, yeah. uh, right. been a, I, I've got a, yeah, I got a response, but it's so fucking ridiculous. I'll have to save it till tomorrow. Uh, okay. But we'll see. Um, right. But uh, pleasant uh, day to one and all. And once again, Donald J. Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, hey, we got the email show coming up tomorrow. Read all of our emails, not necessarily on the show, but we do pay attention. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Do tell us what you think about things. And there's something else you can do to help us out, and that's tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast, share an episode, rate the podcast, you know, that kind of thing. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, don't look at the sun, and enjoy every goddamn day. the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?